This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of Finsider Daily right here on the Finsider, part of the SB Nation Network. And on today's episode, we turn our attention to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the Miami Dolphins head north to compete in joint practices with the NFC South contender. Then we turn our attention to the Davian Clowney news. Are the Miami Dolphins interested in trading for the Pro Bowl outside linebacker or is it all just smoke and mirrors? Lastly, we look at whose stock is up and down as the second preseason depth chart was released earlier today. All of this and more on today's episode of Finsider Daily. And hello everyone and welcome back to a special episode of Finsider Daily. I am your host Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter at at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And we know yesterday afternoon the Miami Dolphins travel north to Tampa Bay right ahead of their joint practices that will take place on Tuesday and Wednesday with the Buccaneers. We know that a lot of people believe that they could be a real contender in the NFC South, an offense that is going to be as explosive as any now that Bruce Arians unretired and is now the head coach of the Buccaneers. Uh, The Miami Dolphins we know are reportedly rebuilding. We know they have a very good Young nucleus in place, lots of good pieces, lots of bad. You know, they got to sort through some of these these different players and find out what they have. And when you're going against a team that has some pretty good talent offensively, I mean, they have a solid offensive line. O.J. Howard, arguably one of the top tight ends in draft in recent memory, you know, didn't quite have that impact as a rookie, but should definitely ascend this season. Cameron Braid is also a very good tight end, so there are two tight ends that the Miami Dolphins need to figure out a way to stop here in camp. I know they struggled in the past, but having a guy like Jerome Baker, maybe a healthy Raquan McMillan, we do not know the severity of his injury. Kiko Alonso is out in a walking boot. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Miami Dolphins game plan to stop those explosive tight ends. And we do know that if anybody knows how to shut it down, it is a guy that practiced against some of the best tight ends in recent memory in the NFL. So it's going to be Really interesting to see how far the Miami Dolphins have come since a season ago, how much the scheme fits this system, and how these guys can go out there and you know try to shut down O.J. Howard, who again is a top five tight end in my opinion. I think he's going to have an explosive 2019 season. you got to look at the running back position. We know they have Peyton Barber. We know Ronald Jones didn't quite do what everyone expected last season, but again, those are two guys that should have 
success running the football, but again, Miami's defense looked pretty Swiss cheese-esque in that first preseason game. We know Matt Schaub drove the Falcons down the field 90 yards on their first offensive drive, so how far they've come from that one game, and to see how they, again, match up against a team like the Buccaneers. Uh, quarterback Jameis Winston has kind of been up and down throughout his career. We know he kind of took took the back seat to Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, so many expect him to take another leap this year with quarterback whisperer Bruce Arians there, but it'll be, again, very, very interesting to see how they match up, how Jameis Winston does against the Dolphins secondary that has some very good pieces, have some uncertainty on the outside, don't know if Eric Rowe will practice right away, don't know if a lot of these guys will go out there. You know, if you're if you're hampered by injury and the Dolphins are trying to do what's best for the team, they might not take put some of those guys out there that have been suffering some injuries early on, get them healthy for the regular season. But you do want to see the dog come out and you do want to see the fight within we know Tampa also has some very good wide receivers. Mike Evans matching up against Xavier Howard. That should be a thing of beauty. Hopefully there are lots and lots of beat writers tweeting about that matchup because that is one to definitely keep an eye out on. Chris Godwin, one of my favorite wide receivers. I'm a huge fantasy football guy. Chris Godwin is going to freaking, he's going to ascend into orbit this year. If you're drafting in your fantasy football leagues, go after Chris Godwin. What he's going to do this season in that offense is going to be a thing of beauty. He should be matched up with Minka Fitzpatrick, so I am salivating at that opportunity. Maybe he lines up in the boundary and you see some Eric Rowe versus Chris Godwin. But nonetheless, to see how this secondary matches up against some of those offensive playmakers, to see how this defense matches up against some of those offensive playmakers, and we now got to turn our attention to the Dolphins' offense. So we know how the quarterback position is starting to shape out. We know that Josh Rosen should see some first-team reps, especially, again, going against a team that they can sit here and gauge, you know, how far along he has become. We know Ryan Fitzpatrick has familiarity with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sure he's going to want to go out there and prove to his former team that he is the guy, you know, that he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. We know he had some very, very good games there in Tampa Bay. We also know he had some very Ryan Fitzpatrick games there. Lots of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But you hope to see Josh Rosen earn some first-team reps. You hope to see him go out there with that first-team offensive line who has struggled. Not as bad as that second team, but the Dolphins' offensive line is a moving chess piece. We do not know what is going to happen. Musical chairs in and out. But again, Josh Rosen, give him some time with the first team. Let him go against that Tampa first-team defense. Let Preston Williams get some reps. We know the depth chart came out today. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But Preston Williams is still the sixth wide receiver on the depth chart. By no means do I think that's where he's going to end up when the regular season begins. By no means do I think that this indicates that he could be on his way out in Miami. He has a lock to make the 53-man roster. No one can argue that. What he did in that first game is just unbelievable for an undrafted free agent. It'll be interesting to see how he matches up with Vernon Hargraves. I believe Brent Grimes, the guy, burnt toast, Miko's husband, is still there in Tampa. I don't know what he can do anymore at this point in his career. But he will be there. He will be one of those pieces. Overall, though, a guy like Noah Spence going one-on-one -on -one with Laramie Tunsil, it's going to be very intriguing, again, to see how all these guys match up. Interior offensive line, we know there's lots of uncertainty there. We don't quite know who's going to play right tackle. It does not appear it's going to be Jordan Mills. That is not Miami's best interest. He has a turnstile. I do not see him having, uh, I do not see him being a starter on this team. But again, stranger things have happened. Be intrigued to see the way these receivers match up against that secondary. 
the linebackers. How is Mike Jasicki going to respond? You know, when he has guys in his face, when he has another team trying to go out there and bully him around, can they? Can he get physical? Can Can he go out there and be that dog and and go out there and make plays? Use his physical physicality, his size, his speed. Uh, it's yet to be determined. And you saw it a little bit in that game versus the Atlanta Falcons. You saw him lined up as a wide receiver. Let's see how interesting and, and what different things this, this coaching staff can do with him. Let's see if he can make plays against the team who, again, isn't the Miami Dolphins, isn't going out there and trying to make sure that he remains healthy at the end of that game. I mean, these guys are going to go out there, and this is going to be a war. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of fighting, plenty of, you know, chippiness, and, and that's what you want. That is why you're doing these joint practices. It's to bring out that competitive fire, uh, the competitive nature, and it's going to be, again, I keep using the word interesting, but it is going to be very, very intriguing to see the way these Dolphins match up because, yes, first preseason game, uh, you can kind of take a little bit away from that, but as you progress through preseason, obviously week three is going to be the one that matters most, but this game against Tampa Bay, when you sit there and practice with them throughout the week, you not only get to see the way these players match up with other professionals, you get to see how this team develops throughout the week heading into that preseason week two game that is Friday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now that we touched a little bit about what to expect, again, there's going to be lots of great follows out there. I personally will not be there. Tomorrow is my wife's due date. Tomorrow is when we're expecting uh, our second daughter, but I, it's really not up to us. The baby doesn't know what day it is, so she could come any day now. But I am not at Tampa practice. I will not be down there. However, I will. And i got to give a shout-out to Kevin Noggle for hooking this up. Thank you so much. But I will be at the New England game week two. And if anybody follows me on Twitter, uh, the Miami Dolphins have given me the opportunity. Kevin Noggle has given me the opportunity to go and be in the press box for the Dolphins-Patriots week two game, the throwback game. So your boy Howitz got his tickets. He will be flying in Saturday evening. He will be in the press box. He will be in the locker room speaking with the players. A dream come true, and I am so grateful and thankful for this opportunity. Uh, so I won't be down there in Tampa for the joint practices, but I will be down there in a few weeks to watch the Miami Dolphins defeat the New England Patriots, to watch Brian Flores defeat his former team. Man, that sounds great. But let's turn our attention now to the Jadavian Clowney news. And we know that the 26-year-old premier pass rusher was franchise-tagged and not happy when the Houston Texans did so. We know the Texans' front office is a complete cluster F, I guess is the word I would look to say. They don't really have anybody in charge, but rumors were circling all day long that the Miami Dolphins may have had interest in the pass rusher. Uh, he's a perfect fit schematically. I do believe that you know the Miami Dolphins were in the hunt for Trey Flowers. They offered him big, big money by many reports. So if the Dolphins were willing to pay a 25-year-old, you know, he's not even as explosive as a pass rusher as Clowney is, uh, in my opinion, but you have a guy here the Dolphins proved that they had interest in Trey Flowers, you know, and for as much as you want to say tanking, it does not appear the Dolphins are doing so. Ben Albright dropped a little nugget that the Dolphins were interested in Jadavian Clowney. Whether or not they still are has beat to be determined, but when you think about what the Miami Dolphins could do if they got a guy like Jadavian Clowney to think about what type of asset he could be in that front. I mean, right now you got Charles Harris and you got Tank Carrot, and those are the top pass rushers on the roster. We know they invested in Christian Wilkins. We know Devon Godshaw and Vincent Taylor are very good uh, up front as well. So what they really are lacking is an explosive pass rusher, and that's exactly what Jadavian Clowney is. We know he was drafted super high. I believe he was the first overall pick by the Houston Texans uh, many years ago, 2014. 
And he's a guy who has 29 sacks throughout his career, just turned 26 in February. Uh, we know he's been riddled by injury throughout his career. He's only missed four games, I believe, over the last few seasons. So this is a guy who he, he gets that he gets that term injury prone, but he, he really, ha- as of late, has been rather healthy. And, I mean, you know you're going to have to give him a huge contract. You know that he could be a free agent next year. But as someone pointed out on Twitter, who's to say the Houston Texans don't go out there and franchise tag him again next year and try to trade him once again after he has a very good season? I mean, that's definitely not uh, crazy to think. Again, he's 26 years old, three-time Pro Bowler. We know Pro Bowls don't really mean much. But he's a guy that rushes the passer as well as anyone. Highly, highly coveted coming out of college. The no-brainer. You know, he's a surefire first-round pick, first overall pick. Apparently his nickname's Doodoo. I just saw that. I'm on Pro Football Reference. For whatever reason, it says Doodoo behind his name. I hope that's not Jadavian Clowney's nickname, but, I mean, if, if it is, I will rock a Jadavian Clowney jersey. I will rock a Doodoo jersey if I must because uh, I think what he could do to this defense, I think what he could do in that front, and what, most importantly, Brian Flores could do with a chess piece like that. I mean, Jadavian Clowney can move all over the defense. He can drop back in coverage if he has to. He can rush the passer. He'd already he'd automatically be the best pass rusher on the roster. It wouldn't even be close. And if the Dolphins could ink him to a long-term deal, I jokingly said they got this treasure chest of all these draft picks. You know, two draft picks from the second to seventh round next year. The Dolphins traded back, and they picked up another second-round pick from the Saints that many might forget. But the Dolphins used a second-rounder to get Josh Rosen. What if they use the other second rounder to get you Davian Clowney? Would that not be one of the greatest trades in Dolphins history? I mean, honestly, you just landed Josh Rosen, a 22-year-old quarterback, making three years, $6.5 million. I'm going to continue to say it. And then you'd go out there and get you Davian Clowney. Yes, you'd have to pay him, but we know the Dolphins have a ton of draft space or cap space next year. Again, we know he'd be a perfect fit schematically. Brian Flores, it gives me goosebumps to think of what he could do with a guy like Jadavian Clowney. You know, you hear Tom Brady say he wants to play till he's 45 years old. If Jadavian Clowney lands in Miami, I'm sorry, Tom Brady, there is not a chance in hell you survive till you're 45. I do not wish ill will on anyone, but your avocado ice cream looking butt will not make it to 45 if Jadavian Clowney is a Miami Dolphin. You can put that to the bank. We talked about Jadavian Clowney. We talked about what to expect heading into that week of training camp. Uh, heading into tomorrow's practice against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am not sure the time of that. I will tweet it out later in the day when I do find out. we got to turn our attention to the Dolphins' depth chart. We know it was released earlier today. Not a lot, you know, nothing too crazy stands out. The biggest thing, again, and we touched on it at the top of the hour, was the fact that the standout wide receiver, arguably the best wide receiver in that first preseason game, you know, he was sixth on the depth chart. So you look here, you got Tunsil at left tackle, you got left guard Dieter, you got Kilgore at center, you got Jesse Davis at right guard, you have Jordan Mills, the turnstile at right tackle, Jaseki, Nick O'Leary, and Durham Smythe have that three-way tie again. Obviously, Jaseki is a guy that they're probably going to put out there most. He's going to try to have the most impact. Hopefully, he can do more than his 22 catches for 202 yards as he did last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick is still the first-team quarterback. Josh Rosen should get some reps, as we talked about. You got Trent Irwin moving up the list. He's right behind Kenny Stills. He's actually ahead of Alan Hearns on this depth chart, so take that for what you will. Albert Wilson, they got Isaiah Ford right behind him, who, again, is ahead of Bryce Butler. So there are two guys that, you know, Bryce Butler, 
Alan Hearns. Those are two guys that some people think could be battling for a roster spot. I do believe Isaiah Ford's in that battle. Trent Irwin's obviously in that battle. There's lots of different... Honestly, the Dolphins have a ton of receivers, and I talked about this before. Someone asked, Omar Kelly asked, what was the Dolphins' biggest strength as far as depth's concerned? I said the receiving core. He completely shut that down. We're now starting to see that the Dolphins' receiving core is very good. They have a plethora of receivers that could, if cut, land elsewhere. I mean, hell, half of these guys would be the best re- best receiver in Buffalo right now. I mean, Buffalo's Buffalo's receiving core is awful. You look at this list, if one of these guys, two of these guys are cut, they're going to drop, they're going to land with a team, they're going to land on their feet, and they will probably have an impact in 2019 for a team one way or the other. We turn our focus to the defense. We see Nate Orchard moving up that list. We know he had a sack, got some pressures, very nice to see. He's right behind Charles Harris. Christian Wilkins, Devon Godchild, those are the kind of the two guys up front. The no-brainer, again, this is just one of what Brian Flores said. could be 12 different depth charts, so don't put too much stock into this. Raycon McMillan and Kiko Alonso are still starting linebackers. I think Aquavion looked decent. You know, Van Ginkle looked pretty good. There's different pieces there, but overall I think that what it comes down to is those linebackers, that's going to be the starters. Kiko Alonso, Raycon McMillan, and Jerome Baker, if they can stay healthy. Got to talk about Jerome Baker real quick. Again, looked like the best defensive player in that preseason game against Atlanta. Looks like, again, easily the best linebacker on the roster. He's a guy that is on the verge of greatness, and he's just like a Minka Fitzpatrick who did struggle. We know Minka Fitzpatrick struggled in that game. It looks like he is currently slated behind Bobby McKay at free safety. We know who will be that nickel corner. Cornell Armstrong, he made some plays in that game against Atlanta. He moved up. He's right behind uh, Eric Rowe. I, I expect that that could be a competition that continues to grow. I mean, uh, I don't think Eric Rowe has that position locked down by any means, and Cornell Armstrong might be that guy that they were just hoping could make an impact. Xavier Howard solidified as the number one corner. We'll follow the team's number one wide receiver throughout the game the way a true shutdown cornerback does. But overall, I mean, not too much not too much newsworthy stuff here. I mean, you got Drake versus Bellage. We'll be interested to see how those reps are divvied up. You still got Mark Walton ahead of uh, Laird and Gaskin and Farrow. Cox is the only fullback on the roster. You just go down the list, and it just looks like kind of what you'd expect. But some of the camp battles you're hoping to see this week against Tampa Bay, we'll go about him real quick. You hope to see that that Jesse Davis, Jordan Mills thing kind of play out. Hopefully Shaq Calhoun can be the starting right guard, and maybe Jesse Davis can move to right tackle. That would probably be in the Dolphins' best interest. You hope that Drake continues to show that he's the more explosive running back. I do think he is the, the better of the two. I think they are the perfect complement to one another, but Kenny and Drake should be seeing the bulk of those touches. Mike Jasicki, the most explosive tight end on the roster. Yes, Nick O'Leary has a repertoire with Josh Rosen, but until Josh Rosen is in with those ones, I don't know that Nick O'Leary is going to get crazy targets. Other than that, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You got the number two cornerback spot, Eric Groh, Cornell Armstrong. Maybe someone else will emerge, but what you're seeing is what you get. The Dolphins' depth chart looks pretty good right now. I hope to see lots of good come from some of these guys that you know didn't quite impress in that first preseason game. You'd like to see a matchup well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, again, Bruce Arians' offense, a lot of people expect them to just go out there and be this run-and-gun team, this team that can just put up points at will. See if the Dolphins' defense under a guy like Brian Flores, who completely shut down the Los Angeles Rams last year in the Super Bowl. Yes, it was not just him. Bill Belichick had something to do with that, but you can't sit here and say that that was not Brian Flores' game plan when a guy like Bill Belichick straight up said, you know, that was Flores that called those plays. 
But overall, I mean, it is what it is. We got the, the upcoming week at Tampa. It's going to be a good uh, parameter of what this team is moving forward. It's going to be interesting how this Jadavian Clowney news plays out. If somehow the Dolphins end up making that trade, I think this <laughs> I think this defense is going to be extremely good regardless. I do think it might be the stronger unit on the roster, even though it did not seem that way uh, in that first preseason game. But if you get a guy like Jadavian Clowney, that's a complete game changer. Changes everything for the for the outlook of 2019, as crazy as that might be to sound. But then you have all those assets. You still have picks. You have tons of cap space next year. Trade for Jadavian Clowney. I think it would be in the Dolphins' best interest. If you don't trade for him, sign him next year in free agency. Again, we talked about the depth chart. Not too much to see there. It'll all play out as the week progresses. It'll all play out as preseason progresses. We are officially one month away, a little less than one month away from the start of the NFL season. The start of the Dolphins' regular season will be week one against the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you for listening, everyone. Again, this was Josh Houts, and this was a special episode of Finsider Daily. If I don't talk to you soon, it's probably going to be because I have a new daughter. I am not going to name her Jadaviana. That was a joke. Uh, my wife laughed at it, so I thought it was good to put out there. But my daughter's name will not be Jadaviana. I will keep everyone updated. Thank you for listening to this episode of Finsider Daily right here on the Finsider, part of the SB Nation Network. I am your host, Josh Houts. I'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami.